and welcome to another edition of the In Context podcast. Uh, today it's me and Matt Oliver and we're going to be discussing keeping yourself right in ministry and how we can stay encouraged in, in, a, in a role that often faces so much discouragement. Uh, what we're going to talk about is how I've made so many mistakes <laughs> in keeping myself right and we're going to talk to Matt Oliver who is the expert in staying happy and upbeat uh, regardless of what's happening around him. <laughs> how are you doing Matt? You alright bruv? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yeah. So how is it, Matt, that I've never seen you angry, upset, or annoyed? <laughs> what uh, you... I don't know, maybe, maybe I had all my emotions sucked out of me at some point. No. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe I'm, good at, maybe I'm good at avoiding it, or maybe I'm just fairly level-headed, I don't know. Maybe it's, of, maybe it's a mixture of all of it. Maybe God has been very gracious to me in that. <laughs> Brilliant. So, on a serious note, though, we, we, we have a responsibility to care for the spiritual life of our church, but not only that, our families, and not only that, ourselves. And we're more than spiritual, we're, we're physical and we're mental. So, many of us in ministry can have one of those things or all of them go. Uh, if, if you looked at me stood on the scales earlier on today, you'll see my physical health is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and at times, uh, my spiritual and mental aren't so good as well. So we have a duty of care, not just to our church, but to to ourselves, don't we? So, what yeah. are some of the some of the things you do to keep yourself encouraged and uh, right for ministry, bruv? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's probably a bunch of things that I do better or worse at different times. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I think having a, I think up until a few years ago. I wasn't great at spending my own time reading God's word, which sounds ridiculous for a, for a yeah. pastor, doesn't it? But I, I would read it, but it'd be quite sporadic. So it just wasn't like, wasn't a regular daily thing that I was really, you know, kind of committed to that never changed, never moved. Mm. It was a bit all over the place. Um, but I think I remember listening to um, a guy called David Murray, and one of the things he simply said, I think it was him, if not, he's getting credit for this anyway, mm-hmm. was was talking about the idea of um, having a time, a place and a plan. Mm-hmm. That was key to reading. And I think having small kids and various other things, I had all the excuses I could have for saying, well, you know, I didn't read it the day because the kids were up late or up early or, you know, life got busy and whatever else. And in reality, it was just excuses for not being very disciplined. And mm-hmm. so I think, one of the things that's been really good for me more recently is just making sure that I am that I read my Bible. For me, it's on a morning before every before the, the day starts. Really, mm. even if it's only for a short block of time, having it somewhere that I'll, I can sit and read it and pray, and then crack into the rest of the day. Um, that that's that's one thing that's helpful. Um, I think the other thing is having people you can talk to around you, whether that's. Nancy, who is my wife, and, and, and to be honest with you, we, we talk about a lot, and there'll be times when I'm feeling particularly just, like, fed up of, you know, I don't know, people or, mm. or ministry in general. And actually, you know, she's good at either just telling me then, you know, get a grip, or, mm. you know, gently gently mm-hmm. saying to me, you know, you're not you're not sovereign here, God's sovereign. So actually, all these things you are worrying about and letting spin around your head and trying to work out what the answer is going to be to it, 
you don't know, God does and you don't, so you've kind of got to leave it in his hands. So I think that's something else is having somebody to speak to like that, which obviously in my case is Nancy, but um, I think then having elders matters um, for that too, uh, which we didn't have when I first arrived here, but now do, and I think that makes a big difference. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of things really, but I think that's a way to to build up that, you know, and have, having people who you can just, you know, in one sense, offload to mm-hmm. in a helpful way. Because um, we all have it, don't we? There are certain days, and it can be the same day, I find. The same day can be something incredibly encouraging on the morning, and within like two hours, you get a phone call that like just pops the, you know, pops the balloon and you're back flat on the floor again, thinking, oh, nightmare. Mm-hmm. How are we going to handle this? Um, yeah, so it's it's constant. It's needed all the time, isn't it? I think it's probably why the Bible talks so much about us encouraging one another <laughs> in the New Testament. Because without it, we're stuck, aren't we? So, um, yeah, I guess that's a few things. That there's probably others too, but they're the ones that come to mind. Yeah, I think that personal devotion, that time with God, reading your Bible, not for a sermon or a Bible study or to to share something with somebody or to write a blog, but for your own soul is. Something that I think a lot of us can neglect as pastors because we spend so much time in God's Word uh, f- for study and, and, and preparation, we can kid ourselves into thinking that we don't need to do it on a devotional level. Yeah, I think that's been one of my biggest uh, biggest problems. That I, I, I've read it for work and not for, yeah. not for rest. Um, that's probably been one of my, my biggest struggles. But personal prayer as well. I think that man that is so tough for me that uh what i found easy uh i've I've got a devotional book now uh which is based on the heidelberg catechism and within within that it has like prayer subjects to pray for uh and it gives you time for free prayer and stuff like that but also different scriptures to to read and pray about and just spend time with god and those prompts i find helpful because uh, without prompts, I, I can start praying, and then before I know it, I'm thinking about fantasy football and yeah. <laughs> players I should be swapping for my team. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so easily distracted. I've tried things on my phone, but then a message will pop in. And for me, just having a hard Bible, uh, a proper Bible or a proper book of prayer, which isn't isn't has nothing to do with technology, other than the printing press, is essential for me to keep my eyes focused on God. Yeah. So that's been a, a good tool. But again, it's it's only good if you use it, isn't it? And if you're not using yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. you just soon dry up. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we can, we can thank God for His word. We can thank God for prayer and and for His people to encourage us. But I was just thinking that what other what other things have you used to encourage yourself? What has been one of the the best books for uh, for helping you in ministry, encouraging you? Um. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about this and thinking what. I guess it, it depends at different times. I think the ones that come to mind now might not have been the ones that would have come to mind five years ago. Yeah. But yeah. I think books that I've read recently have been really helpful. I reread um, Knowing God by Jim Packer for the first. Mm-hmm. I read it when I was about eighteen. Right. And then I have I hadn't read it since then, and I read it during lockdown and found that really helpful. Um, mm. I mean, Packer tends to be quite wordy, but he's. But like the the book in itself is brilliant. There's certain chapters in it that are outstanding. Um, that was just really good, just for thinking about God and who He is. I guess reminding myself of God's character mm. uh, through that. Um, I've read and I'm rereading in a little kind of lunchtime 
book group at the minute on Zoom that well it was on Zoom during lockdown, so we just kept it that way. Mm. Uh, Gentle and Lowly by yeah. Ian Ortland. Mm-hmm. I think just because it, what's so good about it is, and one of, I guess this is probably a sad state of affairs, really in 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 what we've taught in the church maybe more recently is that a lot of people are surprised by how good and kind and compassionate God's heart is mm. as it's presented in that book. And actually he's only presenting what scripture teaches, yeah. but I think we've maybe missed a lot of that. So I found that really helpful. Just reminded a constant reminder in that book of mm. actually as a Christian, because I'm in Christ, because I'm now clothed in Christ's righteousness. When I sin, God isn't disappointed. He's not sat there kind of tutting or waiting you know, to kind of point his finger and give me a telling off. Actually, God's first response to me when I sin because I've been saved is compassion. He actually wants me to run back to him because he knows that that's the best thing for me. And actually, because he he doesn't want me to struggle with sin. And so rather than being kind of standing there over me in judgment, he's not anymore because I'm now righteous in Christ. Mm. And therefore, actually, what he wants is to show me his love so that I will run away from sin instead of going back to it again and i just think that's an incredible thing to think about and that book's really helpful for for just reminding you of that from various ways hmm. or various parts and in various ways from scripture so i think that's probably one of the other ones that i found helpful um personally for kind of a pastor's point of view i read it really slowly really spread out um so probably didn't get the full effect of it but remembered reading chunks um of uh, the Pastor's Justification by Jared Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I remember hearing it recommended by Mez or Andy at um, a 20 Schemes Weekend there. Mm. So I picked up a copy, got, it was ages before I got around to reading it and then gradually read it kind of just a little bit at a time. But that's really helpful for, for, for from a pastor's point of view because it, it, I guess it puts the finger on lots of the struggles that we have as ministers, whether that's, thinking we can do everything in our own strength mm. or blaming ourselves for everything that goes wrong or, you know, just all those heart issues that come out and are, are kind of amplified by ministry. Mm. It, it does a really good job of kind of taking you back to Jesus and taking you back to the gospel for each one of them. So I found that good. I mean, hard to, to read, but <laughs> in terms of it being really challenging, but but a good thing to read as well. So I think they'd probably be the three very different to each other and for different reasons have been mm. encouragement recently, but they will be three of the books I think I've really enjoyed in, in more recent times. So Yeah, I'd say the same for me, the pastor's justification uh, by Jared Wilson. And yeah, same thing, Mez recommended I read it about seven years ago and I read it I was really convicted by it and I haven't picked it up since. <laughs> but uh, what it was weird, it was like getting a kick in the guts and a cuddle at the same yeah. time because it's like yeah, challenging it yeah. but comforting. And uh, I, I, I swear that I was going to read that every January just to prepare myself for each year. And I, I, I did it one January and never done it since. But that's a book. I'm going to take some time off shortly and I'm going to reread that book. I, I found that very helpful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, for me, the, the, these books are no substitute for, for God's word, but uh, alongside them, listening to another pastor who's sharing the same struggles as you, who's yeah, yeah who, who's been encouraged by God's word, it, yeah, it, it's something that's essential, I think, isn't it? I think reading the Bible is awesome in primary, but God has blessed us with so many other things that we can use to encourage ourselves within the ministry. One of them being 
YouTube. One of the blessings of COVID was every church had a YouTube channel now, and I think uh, uh, there's so many preachers out there that we can listen to now and, and uh, be encouraged by. So for me, I, I interviewed... Uh, oh, I forgot his name now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I interviewed uh, my favourite... Robert Smith. Robert Smith Jr., my favourite ever preacher. <laughs> is, it, is that good? I forgot his name. And uh, no, he is. What a blessing that was to, to, to spend a couple of hours with him chatting prior to the conversation and afterwards and listening to his experience. But I love listening to him. But he's put me onto a guy called Haddon Robinson, who's sadly passed away. He's in glory now. Uh, but I've been really encouraged by listening to some of his sermons. Uh, I listened to one this Sunday. And uh, yeah, again, so uh, just for you, name one of your favourite sermons that you've ever listened to and one of your favourite preachers, someone that's encouraged you and sustained you through, through your ministry. Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think it's one of the things that I haven't listened to loads just for my own listening, I guess, more recently. So I've either listened because it's been useful for prep, but like what you were saying, often I read the Bible because I'm preparing something. Mm. Um, I think... For listening to sermons, that's probably been more the case recently. I think I listened to before I before I was in um, kind of more full time ministry. I did job the way I did a lot of driving, and I listened to a lot of a lot of John Piper's stuff mm. uh, in Romans, which I just found really helpful. Um, I thought he's I like his style of preaching. He tends to preach very. He always seems very warm in the way he speaks, but. He has, there's a, I guess there's a fire in there, isn't there? There's a, mm-hmm. a passion in the way he preaches. And, and that's what you'd said, similar about these guys you've been listening to, right? Haddon Robinson and whatever. I was like, there's, a, there's an obvious passion in there about what they're preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's one of the things that really almost wins me over to somebody who's preaching. Now, of course, you can have people who preach passionately and preach rubbish, but yeah. um, like these guys who you, who you know, and as you follow through, think, no, they're getting this from the text in the Bible, but they're preaching it with a real passion. Uh, that, that to me is, uh, and that could be lots of different people, but I, I found that with Piper at a particular time in my life, I had lots of opportunity to listen to stuff. I found that really helpful. The sermon I listened to more recently that I just found helpful for my own benefit was um, uh, Andy Prime's sermon at the FIC conference a couple of years ago. He did it on 2 Corinthians 4 mm-hmm. about... Um, it was basically about keeping going in ministry, to be fair, which is relevant for this. Uh, and he basically talked about, um, yeah, 2 Corinthians 4 and having this this um, ministry of uh, mercy and how we, yeah, just things to encourage us when, you know, the devil has blinded the minds of our unbelievers and yet there's the light of the gospel that shines forth and we have the treasure in jars of clay. And it was, mm. it was all from that passage, which was really helpful to help us think about, reminded me of, well, this is what it's about and this is how you keep going. Um, so I, yeah, that was, that was the one, I guess, more recent in recent memory that I can think, yeah, that was a very help, helpful sermon for me. Um, and, and particularly relevant to this, this idea of keeping going and keeping yourself encouraged in ministry it was good listening to somebody preach and just be honest about some of the struggles um that, that there are in ministry and going yeah i can see exactly where you where you're coming from with that one so it was funny one of my favorite sermons is from an fiec conference as well 
it was by Andy's uncle Johnny and uh, I can't remember what he preached but I can remember him singing at the beginning <laughs> I hope that's funny, I'm going to look for that and uh, maybe put a link to this later on <laughs> yeah, you believe, yeah he's a far better preacher than a singer is our Johnny <laughs> oh man yeah and it's funny because yeah we, we, we've been encouraged uh, by so many preachers over our uh, Christian walk, but also our ministry. And uh, f- for me, uh, I've even been encouraged by my own preaching, not particularly that preaching at the time, but the preparation for a sermon. And uh, in particular, I think uh, Psalm 73, a uh, 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 Psalm of Asaph, where he was uh, basically doubting his own faith. He's looking at... Uh, the wicked and thinking why are these prospering when I'm struggling the Bible's clear I trust the Bible that God loves his people but am I really one of his people because I'm not seeing much of his love uh, I'm, I'm struggling and then by the end of it he realises that all these things he's been coveting uh, are temporary yet all the things he'd looked are gifts from God but he actually has uh, the giver as his prize that it's God himself who is his prize and he even looks at heaven and says look heaven is rubbish if God isn't there and just that realization of look we we have all we need in god himself and just preparing that uh yeah just was like a a tonic to me and really again convicting yet encouraging and uh yes i've even been encouraged by my own sermon prep uh yeah i I hope the people that i was preaching were as encouraged as i was (laughs) it might not be the case but praise the lord at least somebody was encouraged yeah what about you both what's been uh, probably the most encouraging sermon that you've prepared yourself. Um, it's funny, isn't it? I think one of these, this is one of the challenges I think generally in ministry, I mean, it might just be me, but I think this is, I imagine it's not just me, or at least I hope it's not just me. I find prepping sermons that the biggest danger for me is I prepare it thinking, right, I've got a bunch of people to preach to and me to hear this. Yeah. And actually, the vast majority of the time I'm thinking about preparing it to preach to them so yeah. they'll be changed by it and, and actually spend very little time having it change me first. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, some of that's time, some of that's probably arrogance, some of that's probably, you know, just, I don't know, all sorts of things. You know you, you know what it's like in your church. You can see often quite easily how a passage that you're preparing is going to apply to 10 different people in the congregation. <laughs> Uh, and yet actually forget that first and foremost it needs to change you um, or it needs to grip you in some way first. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed recently, so I've just, just started preaching Ephesians uh, a few weeks ago and I've really enjoyed preaching that really. I think that's been an encouragement to me um, to, to be reminded of some of those truths. But then thinking practically what the difference they make um, I enjoyed doing that. At the very beginning of lockdown, actually, I preached. We, we shifted out of what I was our sermon series at the time to do something the first Sunday when, like everybody else, was trying to figure out how I was going to live stream from YouTube from my from my dining room, yeah. <laughs> like in the space of two days or whatever. Yeah. Um, but preached Psalm forty six and just on trusting, trusting God who keeps promises, makes promises and keeps promises, um, and and that was, I think that was encouraging to me at the time. Partly because that first few weeks of lockdown, it was just manic and like thinking everything was up in the air and all over the place and being reminded that actually 
God, God knows and God's in control, even though we couldn't have seen this coming and, you know, life has been flipped upside down because all routines, or at least for me, all my routines went out the window. Mm-hmm. I wasn't walking the kids to school anymore. I wasn't going to the church for prayer meetings during the day. I wasn't able to go and visit anybody. Mm-hmm. I was like, everything that I would normally have done in a week structure had gone. And so, and I hate that. I hate changes in structure and things like that. So like, it took me a long time to adjust, but being reminded of those, you know, actually God is the one sovereignly in control. He makes promises, he keeps promises. And that's it. I don't have anything to worry about. Mm. Um, was was it was another thing that was was helpful to me. But that is a good question because it's actually encouraged me again to make sure, even as I prep this week, that I'm applying it to me first <laughs> before I apply it to the rest of the congregation. So yeah, yeah. And again, for me. Uh, uh, when I was interviewing uh, Dr. Robert Smith, I, <laughs> I kept referring to myself as a, as a young preacher, <laughs> not, not, not in terms of age-wise, but as I, I, I didn't come to faith till I was 28 and uh, didn't really start preaching until I was in my mid-30s, uh, mid to late 30s. So in, in terms of how long I've been doing it, I am a young preacher. And again, a young pastor, but there's young lads who were... Uh, especially within church in our places and, and getting involved with Medhurst who were uh, even younger than us uh, yeah. um, ministry-wise. Uh, and, and for me, I'd encourage them uh, to get along to some conferences. For me, there just seemed to be an inconvenience that always happened at a time of year when like, I was really busy and there were just awkward places to get to. So for years, I never attended them. But more recently, I, I, I've started attending a, a few and I've been so blessed <laughs> Not just by the, the teaching and the preaching, but more so by meeting up with other pastors and, and chilling out in, in nice venues. And even if the venues weren't that nice, it's just out of the town that we're ministering to. And it just helps you take a fresh perspective. So, A, what's your worst conference you've been in? <laughs> but no, what's, the, what's your most favourite conference that you've been to? And uh, what was it that helped you uh, yeah, be encouraged when you left? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a bit, bit like what you're saying, really. I, I guess I, I didn't have the thing of, I guess, not liking conferences or finding many convenience. I quite liked conferences in general. Like Nancy always laughs. She's like, I, she hates the idea of conferences, and I, and I quite like them because I like going, listening to people, chatting to people, all that kind of stuff. I'm quite up for that kind of thing. But, um, in terms of ministry for the context we're in, yeah, yeah. The weekenders in Nidri are brilliant um, for loads of reasons. They're well, you know. There's no, there's no pretense in it. You don't get the sense that they're trying to make it look better than it is. And then they've said that a few times in the front. Look, we're not. There's no flash about this. We're just we're going to try and help you and uh, you know support you in this ministry with really practical stuff. Uh, the way it's structured helps if you've got kids. So I found that we found that great that we could go as a family because often for me. Mm. Even though she's not mad keen on a conference, like usually she's not able to go to one because you know we've got kids in school. So unless we can get somebody who'll look after them for a couple of days, um, or, or however long the conference is, usually it's me who goes to the conference. And I come back encouraged by all this stuff. And and you know Nancy's had three days on her own looking after the kids without me. So the the weekend is great for that. Um, it being able to go as a family together, uh, and the kids get teaching while they're there too. Uh, and in terms of practical for for the kind of ministry we're in, there isn't anything else like it, I don't think, around. Yeah. Um, 
and and so that's probably one of the best ones. Although I also really enjoyed the last FIEC conference, mainly because there was I, I knew a lot of people there, which was really nice. But it was a big mixture of people as well, so it was good to have a lot of the guys who were involved in Twenty Skins, but also you know wanting to be involved in Medhurst. There, mm. chance to sit and chat to them. And actually, as much as the teaching was really helpful and really good, um, just having that time to hang out, being sat together in the in the in the pub on the evening for you know a couple hours after the last session, just really good conversations, really good chance to share the joys and the sorrows of ministry and have a bit of a laugh together. And actually, that is refreshing in and of itself. It might not sound like much, but those conversations, I think, have a huge have a huge impact, really, mm. um, or at least they do for me um, and hopefully for the others who were there while we were chatting. But I think it, it does, it makes a big difference being able to chat to people in that because even, even if you've got a staff team, even if you've got elders, even if you're in a town where there are a lot of other pastors, it can still be quite an isolating job, really, mm. just because it has unique pressures. And if you're in a town a bit like we are and, and you... you or towns like we are where you don't have a lot of, it's not like you've got five guys within a two mile radius who you can pop round and see, you know, every week. That that's, that makes it quite difficult, doesn't it? You've actually got to plan to meet somebody somewhere in particular to do it. You can't just drop round their door or say, oh, can I pop in tonight? Because it's, it's not as easy to do. Yeah. It takes more, takes more planning to do that, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think those conferences are really helpful for that. And some of those just sitting down and having coffee or a drink together or whatever it was during the day and on an evening were, were really helpful, which is why I think the last FIC conference in particular was helpful because there was plenty of space to do that. So. Mm. Yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to catch up with all our our mates as well. And, uh, yeah, so so there's lots of areas. There's a danger of neglecting your spiritual health, but fortunately, through God's grace, He's He's given us His Word, His Spirit. We we can pray and read His Word. We can be encouraged by other preachers and even our own sermon preps. And there's all kinds of books out there and and conferences. Uh, but uh, we're more than spiritual, aren't we? We're, we're physical and mental. So what ways do you look after your health? You, you look like a healthy man there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> one of my like when we struggle we, we look if, if we're not seeking our comfort in god we can seek it in other areas and lots of pastors are, are, are struggle with it could be alcohol it could be food uh, check the size of my hoodie and you'll see, <laughs> you see food's a big area of struggle with me but whether it's pornography or anything like that if we're seeking seeking uh, comfort in any area other than in the lord then we're going to struggle. It's going to affect us spiritually, mentally, yeah. and physically. So, how do you make sure you keep yourself physically fit? And is that a priority to you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think a few things really. I think you saying it's mental health, it's physical health, it's all that. Physical health wise, I run a bit. So, I mean, I was I was training for a marathon earlier in the year, so I was running a lot earlier in the year, and then it got cancelled. Um, because of COVID, but um, I've been, I've been, I, I run a fair bit, probably two or three times a week. Um, sometimes do some other exercise in the house, either DVD based or whatever. I've got a couple of things on on DVDs that I either work through, hmm. but I try and exercise probably at least three times a week, so that I'm getting, yeah, just physically 
physically keep myself fit and active. But I also think the running, I mean, I don't know this for certain. I haven't particularly monitored my own kind of patterns and health with it, but I think it probably helps mental health as well, getting out running, a bit of fresh air, a bit of space. I either listen to something while I'm running, sometimes a podcast or a sermon, or mm. I'll, um, sometimes it's just a bit of with the fresh air and the space to think is quite helpful. So I find that is a good thing for me in routine. And it's not always the, it's not always the same times or days every week because the nature of the job doesn't always allow that. But yeah. I try and make sure I fit that in. And I notice a difference if I'm if I'm not keep myself fit. I usually just, I feel a bit flatter usually. Um, I think mental health wise, and I mean maybe I'm maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Some people might say I want to manage this, but I. I'm quite strict with me days and time off. Mm. So I have Monday mornings and Saturdays off. And very, very rarely does that change. Mm. So a few weeks ago, I did an away day for a church, uh, for Graham's Church, actually, Spen Valley, yeah. on a Saturday. But I've since then taken half a day in lieu, and I've got another half a day in lieu of, mm. of that coming up. And I've, I've made sure I've taken them sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, and on those days as well, I turn my phone off. So, which might sound like I'm neglecting my pastoral duties, mm. but actually that's why I've got elders as well. Yeah. And if there's an emergency, they know how they can get in touch with me. And then, you know, if there's an emergency, great, I'll do it. But mm. I don't think there's really going to be many things that are too <laughs> too urgent for me to deal with on Sunday morning instead of during the day on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then same with holidays. I, I have whatever, how many days holiday a year, and I make sure I take, I take them all in the year so that I'm actually getting rest. Uh, and one of the things I've learned with that is as well, so this summer in particular, I had like two weeks and two days off in August. Mm-hmm. And the first day I was off, I hadn't realized how tired I was. I was absolutely shattered on the first day because I'd stopped. Yeah. And and like just all of, I was like, I was just, I said, Nancy, I, 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 I didn't realize I was this tired. I'm absolutely worn out. Um, and I think I'd just been plowing on. Yeah. And it was perfect timing, really, having that on the holiday when we booked it in. But I just I hadn't realized how tired I was. And I think that that's often a challenge for pastors, isn't it? There's always so much to do that I think sometimes we don't realize how tired we've got. Mm-hmm. And actually, sometimes we don't realize how tired we've got until we have a bit of a bit of a burnout or a bit of a breakdown or mm-hmm. a bit of a crisis. Do you know what I mean? That's 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 that, that sadly is the reality often. But I think I'm I'm quite strict with me days and me time off. So that it's actually off, um, because I've I've tried it other ways and it doesn't work. <laughs> I found that if I didn't have my phone turned off, if I wasn't taking the day off fully, I wasn't really resting. So like, oh, well, I'll do, I'll, I'll just check my emails or I'll just do this, that, and the other. And then actually, what happened was I was then thinking about it for the rest of the day. So I was I was doing stuff with my family, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'll need to reply that email tomorrow, and I'll need to do this on Monday, and I'll need. So I wasn't mentally resting from work. I was, it was all still going on in the back of my head. It's hard enough to turn that off anyway and and concentrate on something else without the distraction of, well, I've still got my phone and my emails and whatever buzzing buzzing in my pocket all the time. So, yeah, that's the way I've found it works for me. Whether that would work for everybody else, I don't know. But having that kind of always a day off or a day and a half off, in my case, a week, uh, and being quite strict with it helps. Another thing for just within terms of my own relationship with Nancy and the way I guess our marriage works, we have a night a week where it's just the two of us in, and 
we'll have we'll eat later than the kids. The kids will be in bed and we'll eat later. And I don't know. We'll watch it. It's not like we have loads of extravagant things planned. We quite often just sit and you know watch three episodes of a series or a film or something. It's quite chilled out. But um, we have that evening where again neither of us are doing anything ministry related, and we've just got a bit of time. We can chat and chill out together, and we and we do that every week again so that you know we've got that. We've got that time kind of in the diary with each other because again, if we didn't, the evenings would fill, the days would fill, and it would be you'd go three or four weeks and think we've not sat down in the same room together for longer than an hour when it wasn't one group or whatever else. Mm. Yeah. yeah, for 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 me, the problem is what I do to unwind mentally affects me physically. <laughs> <laughs> so I joined the uh, Sunday Times Wine Club. <laughs> and get sent 12 bottles of red wine every three months so that's not too good on the waistline uh, it helps me unwind in the hot tub but <laughs> yeah the hot tub from B&Q that's good to, uh, to to switch off mentally as well true yeah that'd be good eh? yeah the only problem is the next door neighbours in the summer are sat outside smoking green so you can just smell cannabis while you're sat in the hot tub <laughs> so I'll have to build a little compartment to shove it in but yeah no it, it's uh yeah, it's it's so important with that time off, isn't it? And time with your family, and that's where I've been really poor in not switching my phone off, like you say, and and then seeing all oh, that that's important. I better answer it, whether it be an email or a phone call. Uh, yeah, not switching off, uh, being a workaholic, and I think if you're a control freak, that makes it even harder, which I am, to like switch off. <laughs> you want to know the ins and outs of everything. So yeah, just learning to to switch your phone off is simple. Taking the time off. I used to kid myself thinking, well, if I do this now, if I if I don't take my time off now, I'll be able to relax in the future. And the future was always the same. It never changed because I never yeah. changed. I was constantly thinking, if I do this now, it'll make life easier next week, next year, whenever. And it just piles up and piles up and piles up. And then you eventually like, like end up like cracking up. And uh, yeah, so that's something I'm going to have to address, uh, taking time off, being wise with that, switching phones off and, and, and not addressing emails. But yeah so yeah for for these younger pastors coming out but even for pastors like me who are a bit longer in the tooth and for anyone really i think we're all at risk of falling into that trap of neglecting either one of our uh needs whether it be spiritual physical or mental so hopefully this little conversation from the expert matt chilled out matt <laughs> might encourage some other pastors and, and and gospel workers to yeah, take seriously our need really for that spiritual, mental, and physical refreshment. Uh, any more thoughts on the matter before we go, mate? No, I think I mean you said chilled out, relaxed, Matt. I, I like I think <laughs> I've I've learned I've learned from I've learned from the mistakes when I was when I was younger with the kids. Yeah. So like like I say that thing of turning the phone off and taking the time off, I, I've learned because actually I didn't do it well, you know, yeah. initially in ministry because. You feel you feel that pressure of you're the minister. People are looking to you. They, they want help, and you feel like I, I used to feel really bad for not getting back to people quickly. On yeah. like, oh, somebody brings my help. I, well, but the danger is then uh, what I end up with, not consciously thinking this, but subconsciously what I'm thinking is, well, I, I'm their savior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need they need me, and actually, it's not that they need me. They need Jesus, and I'm not the only person who can show them Jesus. So actually, me having a day off is a good thing. Because somebody else will either have to show them Jesus or they'll have to, you know, run to him themselves. They can't, like, relying on me to do that makes me feel good in one sense, but it 
but it ain't going to do me any good in the long run. So I think I've learned through that as well. And yeah. and it's easy to slip back into that. I still have it now that that battle of, well, oh, I'll just do this or I'll just do that. And thinking, no, if I don't if I don't take this time, and if I don't have this regular rest that God has actually made me for to have some rest, um, I, I'm not going to be any good to anybody in the long run. So, um, yeah, learn 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 from the mistakes. Fortunately, God has enabled me to learn from the mistakes and not just keep repeating them. So, awesome. Well, you you've proven that that you're uh, very capable of learning from your mistakes, but you're not very good at following hints. Because I hinted twice. Who was your best preacher? You said Andy Prime when you should have said me. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, which was your best conference? And you said Midri, and forgot the one that was at New Life Church. So. <laughs> So I was setting you up there to really uh, massage my ego, but it failed. <laughs> <laughs> At least you were honest, though, bruv. Uh, awesome. Thanks, one, Matt. I'll speak to you soon. And thank you all for joining us on the In Context podcast.